Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'd probably say return the bracelet. (laughs) Um, The papal bracelet. Oh, that's pretty. Oh, wow, infinity. Thank you for the necklace, by the way. I liked it. No, it's a bracelet. Is it a bracelet? bracelet. I thought it was a necklace. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. We'll have to talk about the bracelet and make sure you like it. I do it. like it. I do like it. My mom has it right now. She put it in her car. Okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the bracelet thing is another issue that's just really weird to me. I got it. Three minutes later, I was down the stairs going down to walk down the aisle. So sorry that it looks like a necklace and I had on a high necked dress. Otherwise, I would have put it on. And then I sent it back with my mom so that nothing would happen to it because stuff was just all over that room. He got upset that I didn't wear the bracelet that he got me for the wedding. And apparently that was a huge problem for him. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Join with me today to talk about, oh Lord, the shit show that is Married at First Sight. The latest episode is Brittany Luce, cultural critic and co-host and producer of The Nod and the Fort Color Girls podcast and The Nod with Brittany and Eric on Quibi. Hi, Brittany. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, what, a, what an absolute treat. I love to look at your tweets come up on the timeline talking about this shit show (laughs) i mean talk to me about your journey how long on the married at first sight train have you been um i think i've been on i probably started watching a year ago i started watching last april um during the pandemic like a lot of people um 
Married at First Sight has always been on Lifetime. I never caught it there. Um, I mean, now I watch it on Lifetime all the time, but uh, I started with season nine, which mm-hmm. was on Netflix last April. Like a lot of people did. And I was hooked. My fiance and I started watching it and it was just like, I mean, we fell in love. It's such a messy, but also kind of sometimes sweet show. It's like the yeah. perfect combination of mess and and like, like earnestness. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love it. I, I We started with season nine, like blew through it. And then um, I think, yeah, then we obviously I watched 10, 11. Now we're on 12. But we've also watched like eight, five, one, and maybe six. Oh, wow. So okay. I sit around and watch a lot of earlier seasons as well. The show just holds up. It's so good. It really is. It's like, I don't know about you, if you've recommended it to friends, but like, it's so hard. (laughs) Have I? The show. (laughs) I feel like it's so hard to convince people to watch a show, but it's so good and it's so quality. And I feel like people might get it like on the same plane as 90 Day Fiance, where they feel like, oh, it's like too overwhelming to like hop into it. But it's Mm -hmm. it's so good. Um, I also love like the the social media aspect of it. It feels like people watch that show and they live tweet as a family. And I yes! really, I yes. really crap. Um, so, okay, how are you feeling about this season? Just in very general sense, like, do you rank it amongst the other seasons that you've watched as a good season? This season, it's interesting. To me, I just I was describing it. Um, I recently got a friend to start watching it. Um, and now he and his wife are like obsessed. <laughs> I feel like I've created like monsters. But um the way I described it to him is I don't know how like old you are, but I'm old, I was I'm old enough to have um like grown up watching the real world like before it became super messy. Yeah. Um, so I, to me, the season where it, things be, got messy was Las Vegas. And I was like, season 12, this season of Married at First Sight feels like the Las Vegas season. Like, it just feels like, I don't know if there's like, I think that Married at First Sight has like a certain sweetness to it. Like I was saying, like, um, most of the time people actually come on the show looking for a relationship. Unlike other reality TV shows, like people don't really get famous off of Married at First Sight the way that they can from The Bachelor or from um, even like uh, Love Island or something like that. Like people don't get famous from being on Married at First Sight. So it's like if people come on the show, I'd say a smooth 70% of the time they're coming on there to actually hopefully meet somebody. Um, yeah. So that like kind of gives it like a certain honesty that other shows don't have. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of what keeps me coming back. But also I'd be lying if I said that like the best didn't factor into it, but I still think season 12 just, I don't know. It's like, it's a little bit too messy for me. The show seems like, like even with the casting of Chris, I am shocked that the producers and the experts did not know that Chris was going to be like a problem, you know? Brittany, it keeps me up at night. Like, was he so obviously such a mess from like the first three words that we heard him say, but like he managed to get past all of this screening. It makes no sense to me. 
no sense at all. It makes no sense at all. And then they put Paige through all that drama and mess with him. Like, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. There's been a few guys on Married at First Sight that I was kind of like, why didn't production sep- like actually physically separate these people? Like, this guy seems a, like a little dangerous or a little sketchy or whatever. But like, Chris is just such an emotional terror. He's like napalm for the show. Like I've never seen some them cast somebody who was just so buck wild. I've never seen it. It's he upsets me so much. <laughs> he really, <laughs> he really, really gets me on like a personal level. Like I personally feel like they've wasted my time having to watch this man on television. Yes. But I okay. Let's talk about this episode. We're like now two weeks before decision day. I typically like to talk about the couples from like least interesting to most juicy Mm -hmm. storylines. So I would like to start with Brianna and Vincent. I mean, we know what it is with them. It's like they have like real adult issues that are easily fixable. Like the chemistry. You, you think you think Vincent's you think Vincent's communication <laughs> issues are easily fixable? I mean uh, like, <laughs> I feel like I mean listen, he is a mess and he's very insecure. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they are the most connected of the season. Absolutely. For sure. And mm-hmm. I think there's no way that Brianna is gonna say no to him. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think they're definitely both gonna say yes. On decision day. I I mean, it's like I say, Vincent is not the man for me, but yeah. I would say I agree with you. Unlike like literally every other man this season, <laughs> Vincent is eventually going to be somebody's man. It could be Brianna and like, who knows, maybe things will or won't work out down the line. But I do agree with you. I think that like if Vincent is somebody like, like eventually if, whether it's Brianna or not, somebody's going to be able to work with him and he'll be able to rise to the occasion of being a, a partner and husband. The rest of these guys though, I'm not, I'm not sold. <laughs> Absolutely same. So didn't you find it was brave that Brianna took Vincent back to a dance studio, given what happened last time? <laughs> yes. Hopped off. I could not. I saw a tweet that was like, somebody felt like they had PTSD from the last time. <laughs> The last time Brianna took Vincent to a dance studio, he acted a fool when she took him to that salsa class. He acted a complete fool. Wild. Wild. Yeah. The the whole crux of this episode is to, you know, show their partners a little piece of themselves, open up a little bit of the vault, talk about their personal lives and their history and how we got all to here. So Brianna... I really like Brianna and she's mm-hmm. talking about how, you know, she was a dancer, but then she was like, I don't really think I'm going to make money the way I would like to make it being a dancer. So mm-hmm. went into being an engineer and it's like, girl, you really have it all. Like she's stunning. Yes. <laughs> right brain and left brain. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean um, I thought it was really touching to hear about her issues with her skin color and being a dark black woman and how she had to learn to love herself and Mm -hmm. how 
supportive Vincent is when he wants to be, when he's not like laying some emotional minefields, you know, like, yeah, like her. it was, it was cute to see them in that moment um, where I felt like, like they were actually connecting, like she was sharing something with him and that he was receptive to it. Yeah. And I really liked them just being cute and him being like, okay, pretend like you're going to win a hundred thousand dollars. And she did that little two step shuffle. And he was like, get her out of here. I, yeah, I really, really like him. I just, uh, I think when he said it was at one point, it was, it's a blessing to be with her. I mean, my God. That's nice. I, I, you know what? I, you know, I like it. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I was saying to my fiance last night, I have mixed feelings about Vincent. Uh, I was saying to my fiance last night, I think that in an average season, Vincent would be kind of mid. I think the thing is, is that like, well, okay. Two things. Number one, I see kind of like this, the thing about Vincent is I don't like the pattern of the way that he engages in conflict when something doesn't go the way that he thinks it should go. Um, that is, to me, when you start to see kind of like, that's the Vincent that I'm like, eh, like, that's the that's like the streak in him that gives me pause when it comes to him and Brianna. I'll be honest with you, like when they first started the season, so many of Brianna's friends and family and also Brianna herself, they were like, oh, you know, Brianna, she's really judgmental or she's, she can be, you know, tough or she can be exacting. Um, but I think she's shown herself to be pretty mature and understanding and very supportive. Um, and I've been really impressed with that. I think what's hard sometimes is I see that like Vincent, I think has potential but I've been in relationships with potential before potential that actually conducted itself a lot like Vincent mm. and like uh, that stuff is, is hard to deal with. Like that first night when they got into an argument and he, uh, wherein like Brianna didn't even know what was going on the first night rather when they were in their apartment and he just like left that. And this is why I could never be unmarried at first sight for me. I would, we never would have talked again. <laughs> that just would have been it for me. I mean, to me, there's just like, I mean, it, I, I suppose if we had already been dating for three years and something like that happened, well, yeah, I know you well enough to know that that was an aberration. But if the first sign of conflict that we have in our own home is you being like, I'm leaving, nah, mm. bruh, no, over something that I don't even know what it is. <laughs> and then once she found out what it is, it was so minuscule. It was ridiculous. Right. No, nah. I, I think that sort of thing comes up. It came up at the dance studio when he was like uncomfortable learning how to dance. We see in the preview for next week's episode when he's supposed to be horseback riding. We saw it when they were talking about money. Um, and we also saw it again when, you know, Brianna was talking about being nervous to give birth to a child because of her high blood pressure. And he's like, oh, you know, they talked to Dr. Pepper about it this past week. And he's like, oh, we're, you know, we're going to do some more research and, and find out, you know, what we need to find out. And I just, and that, the thing that got me about that is I'm like, dude, I know you haven't even Googled like blood, high blood pressure in pregnancy, because right. if you Googled how serious preeclampsia was, you wouldn't be saying such an empty statement. So yeah. I think the thing is, is that like, he always wants a lot from Brianna and I think she gives a lot to him. And I don't think there's a lot, I don't think there's anything bad about giving a lot to your partner. But I think that just like when those times, I think like when it's easy for him to, give to her emotionally he'll do it but yeah. when it, it, he has to step outside of himself 
that's when the trouble starts. I do think that's something that he can mature out of in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But I just, for right now, like, I, I mean, again, I'm older than both of them. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a no for me. But like I said, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of the season, I, I agree with you. I think it's something that they could probably figure out. Um, I never want to make it seem like I'm pointing the finger at a woman, but I do wonder what happened in his past relationship because he seems really insecure from it. Like I was thinking said, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he said the ex like didn't support him, I just want to know more about that, and I think he needs to talk. I I would be curious to know what he meant by that as well. I will say also in my experience in dating, anytime a man told me that his ex didn't support him or his ex was quote unquote crazy mm-hmm. then when I actually heard the truth <laughs> I was like uh you sure it was right. her like can I fact check this <laughs> but yeah I'd be curious I'd be curious not to I actually looked up Vinny's business I don't know if you noticed you know when they, when they went to the uh Dominican bodega and they got the food and they were sitting uh-huh. outside eating the t-shirt that he had on in that scene yeah um is the t-shirt from his business Okay. Okay. So we looked it up and his business, it looks, I, I don't fully understand what it it, it does. Cause I don't know that much about cars. There's, I live in New York. I think you live in New York too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cars is not a major part of anything here. Um, right. So I think maybe if I had a car, I'd better understand the service that he provides, but like his business did look legit and like his Instagram. And I think the website looked pretty legit too. So yeah. Good. Good. Well, I like that. I mean, I'm from Atlanta, so I know that, like, sometimes those businesses can be really sketchy. Like, a a lot of people in Atlanta (laughs) do a lot, but there's not really any official job title, you know? Um, So I was was wondering, but if you say it looks legit, then then I trust you. Um, So Dr. Pepper obviously comes over because, A, where has she been all season? And B... Uh, they need to kick up some drama. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she is like, you know, you got, I asked you, you know, from last episode, you guys were all given or, you know, had these questions that you wanted answered before decision day. So where are we with that? So they talk about the sleeping in situation and how did you feel about that? Because I feel like it wasn't really... They, it wasn't really resolved. I'm gonna be honest. I think Brianna gotta let that go. <laughs> I, I, I think she gotta let it go. I think she's gotta I let it go. Absolutely do. And I feel like this is probably an issue more because of you know most people are working from home. Mm-hmm. I think like if she was going into the office, she she wouldn't even know if he was sleeping in. You know, exactly. <laughs> like exactly. it wouldn't even be an issue. My thing so, is if the chores are getting done. If you feel like you guys are emotionally connecting and if he's going to work and getting paid, let's just let him sleep. And also, too, like everybody's uh, everybody's sleep habits are different. People thrive Mm -hmm. at different times. And also, too, I was was literally talking to my fiance about this yesterday we were watching. Um, That could be her quiet time. It's like if she prefers to get up in the morning and get more done in the morning, that can be her time to, you know, listen to a podcast, meditate, work out make herself a nice breakfast, read the paper. She could just have her own little moment. She doesn't have to have him sitting up under her, you know, all morning, you know? Vantage time. Yeah. At least you know where 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, there was that. And then they brought up the, you know, her fears around pregnancy. And you're right. Like, he clearly had not really looked into uh, how dangerous that could be. And they that's definitely something they need to talk about. Because they have this conversation at the bodega and with Dr. Pepper about his, you know, the fact that he had never considered having, like, adopting children. And he really mm-hmm. only wants biological kids. Mm-hmm. That's a big issue. I mean, I appreciate Brianna saying I want to have kids, but they could go to the doctor and find out that that's really, really not something that she should be doing. And he needs to be prepared for that. Yeah, he needs to be pre- And he doesn't seem like he's, I don't know. I, he just needs to, um, I feel like he, he, you know, he mentioned something um, last night about wanting to continue his legacy. And also, I, I noticed the, just the way that he was talking about having children. But I think this is a key point for like any man who comes on Married at First Sight and immediately wants to have children. They don't know their spouse that well at that point. You know what I mean? Like, if I, at this point, I would say, I know that someday I want to be a parent. But a big part of that is that like, I like, I adore my fiance. We've been together for six years. And I think he would make an incredible dad and I like love the idea of us collaborating together as parents because we know each other to me. It's okay to want to have children to have children and want to, you know, continue your family lineage. I understand that. But Vincent keeps tossing that out there. (laughs) Like that's like, like that is as important as Brianna's health. And I understand that desire. I think children, the desire to have children and how you want to have them can be very personal. Um, But yeah, he was just like, you know, I want to, you know, have my wife and my kids and start my legacy. And I'm like, A, what about her legacy? B, it's not really like you're, you don't know that also to me shows that your desire to have children is not yet based in a desire to co-parent with Brianna. You don't know her like that. You know what I mean? Like they've just recently met and, you know, apparently, you know, fallen in love. Um, so it's just weird because it's like, I don't know, that the, the dissonance with that where what he wants Brianna to make this huge sacrifice and this big um, decision around her health for him and his legacy. But if it endangers her health, um, he's less willing to explore alternatives. And I think you're absolutely right. Like he, he needs to kind of consider that and, and kind of, engage with the possibility that things may not turn out the way that he always envisioned them to turn out. And that can be okay. Yeah. I mean, we all have to come to that conclusion. Yeah. Look at me. I'm not married to sevens. I'm dealing with it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we all have to adjust. We all have to adjust. Um, let's move on to Ryan and Clara. Oh, man. Child. Ooh. <laughs> what do you, th- what do you think about them? How Ryan went to the Black Lives Matter shop and just was like, give me every t-shirt that you have. (laughs) I'm going to tell you what. I find it very interesting that every single episode he's wearing a Black Lives Matter, Black something 1619 project. And he asked the show for a white woman. So, okay. It's interesting. It is very interesting. I, oh, uh, Ryan, ooh, Ryan really ooh, gets child. my goat. So <laughs> we first see him going to talk to Clara's mom. And I'm going to say something, maybe a little bit of a hot take. Mm. You don't have to add on to this. 
Okay. I'm just going to say that, you know, as a black, you know white stranger danger, but you also know where there might be a little bit of a safe space. And when I saw that, A, Clara's mom's name was Londa, and something about her red hair, this made me feel like, oh, yeah, it makes sense why Clara wants to date a black guy. I, I don't, it's something clicked for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Something just clicked for me. <laughs> What? You're saying her mom has flavor? Is that what you're trying to say? Clara's mom has some flavor. Something to it that, like, I just feel like Clara probably had black dolls growing up. There's just something about her that makes me think, hmm, there, there's just something more to that. There's I mean, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. Something about her best. <laughs> I don't know. It just made me feel, it just made more sense to me when I saw her mom. Um, so Ryan, this conversation with his with her mother was wild to me. So he's like so invested in getting to know her family and wanting to know more about her through her family. And he, uh, first of all, he says that growing up, he was a sensitive child and he was the kind of kid who like, if he missed the ball during baseball, he would cry. And it's like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I can see that. Um, then he asks for advice about Clara. And Londa says, like, you know, have patience with her, respect who she is, and, you know, love will come from that. And then they start talking about children. And he, he, Londa starts asking, like, do you want boys or girls? And he's like, you know, I don't really care. It's really just more about them being raised in the church. Mm-hmm. Why does he have of an upfront conversation with her mother than Clara? Why is this happening? I, you know, uh, it's interesting. I we're I know we'll get to Eric and uh, Virginia at a later point in this episode, but it there's a certain I don't know. We've seen this. You you've seen other seasons of the show, I assume, right? Yeah. And so, like, right. So you you know that there's always like the show builds in opportunity for participants to speak to their spouse's family. Something that I have found really interesting this season, because Eric did this kind of does this thing too. It's kind of like, there's kind of like these, the men are kind of going to like the, their wives, families and trying, basically trying to get their parents to tell the wife to do something that the wife has already established. Yeah. She doesn't care to do. So like, you know, Clara's already said, I'm not interested in attending church or being Christian. I am, I'm not sure if I want to raise my children in the church. And I say this as a person, you know, she's saying this as a person who's raised in the church. And she's like, look, my mom goes to church. My dad doesn't, we do fine. And um, I don't know. I also like, I have a theory that this season was slim pickings because of the pandemic. And so I think the matches were not as strong and the cast members were maybe not as, selective, you know, or rather pulled from as selective of a group as they typically would pull from. Um, So I do think that that plays into it. I think that an average season, Claire and Ryan would not have been matched precisely because of the religion thing. It is actually pretty surprising to me that the producers, um, the experts rather match them together because Claire is so against organized religion and, and being a part of the church. And it's obviously extremely important to Ryan. Mm -hmm. However, that being the case, I don't think it, I really didn't like that Ryan went to Clara's mom was basically trying to get her to be on his side. And I'm, I think she kind of was, but even if she was like, 
I don't know. I looked at my fiance. I said, if you ever, if you <laughs> ever call up my parent and try to get me, them to agree with you about something that you want me to do that I've already expressed that I'm not interested in, like something that fundamental, I was like, it's a wrap. Like, I, I just thought that was a little inappropriate. I thought it was inappropriate. And then I thought like this anecdote that Londa told about how, you know, I was at the children's service when Clara was five months old. And I knew in that moment, like I didn't go to church really before that, but I knew in that moment that I wanted to raise my child in the church. And then he takes that as like a sign that mm-hmm. Clara will also in the future. And I'm thinking you're playing yourself, bro, because yep. what if she doesn't? <laughs> That's exactly. on you. Exactly. It's like he's pretty, he's, he's like, he's, he's again, he's hoping that she's going to change her mind one day. And you cannot make, you cannot make life decisions. You cannot make relationship decisions hoping that one day somebody's going to change their mind about something that's like as choice based as whether or not to be in or out of the church. You just can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. You could, it's easier. I think you could, could probably convince somebody to, to quit smoking. <laughs> before you convince them to start going to church if they don't want to go right and you doubly like I just like it's just so stupid to me what does her story have to do with Clara that's my uh, damn no. thing <laughs> it does not make any sense to me but you know what you can play yourself on that Ryan that's on you that's really on you um so okay then what happens? Okay, so then Ryan and Clara go over to her parents' house together. They have pizza. This story about how Londa broke Clara's Usher Confessions album. <laughs> now that was when I knew that Clara wanted to marry a black man. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. So then we have... Brian and Clara have their session with Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. And I just love how Dr. Pepper is like straight, no chaser, no bullshit. Claire, how do you feel about Ryan withholding sex from you? Does that feel good? <laughs> <She's> <laughs> like, they, they really keep it so cute around each other. They do. And it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. But Clara says, you know, I kind of am in a point where I'm like, be careful what you wish for because I told the experts during the matchmaking process that, you know, most of my past relationships have been very like based on sex and physicality. And, you know, I said that I would be open to having somebody who moved a little bit more slowly, not knowing that you would give me Ryan. (laughs) Like had I known, maybe I would have changed what I said a little bit, (laughs) you know? Um, it's really I mean Dr. Pepper's like would you have sex with him right now if he asked you yeah I would (laughs) I really would um but you know she says you know I don't want it to be something that's just like him checking off a list or whatever Mm. so then Dr. Pepper asks if asks Clara if she feels like Ryan is being withholding and she's like you know what he's told me 15 times that he wants to be a hundred percent before they have sex and, you know, sex should go hand in love, hand in hand with love and blah, blah, blah. And Dr. Pepper's like, all right, well, I get that. If you guys were dating. Yep. Or even if you guys were like farther, you know, 
not as far in the process. Like if you guys were like a Haley and Jacob, I would understand this too. Yeah. Um, but then Clara says, you know, she talked to Pastor Cal about having a conversation with Ryan about like the love situation and oh uh, god how how do you feel about what are your theories about ryan okay so this is what i I have a couple things that i think about their their whole situation and i think that the the issue is that they both have a poor communication skills b they both hate confrontation uh and c i think that they both are so caught up in their personal narratives and in their their own insecurities that they do not actually say anything of consequence to the other person and they don't listen neither one of them listens ryan really doesn't listen clara will listen she'll like hear what ryan is saying but she doesn't um she'll hear what he's saying but she doesn't listen with any depth ryan i swear to god it's like he turns his fucking brain off excuse me as soon as clara opens up her mouth he just goes blank and it's just like yep 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 yeah. Um, and then because they never have conflict because they um, are so avoidant, uh, they both think, oh, our relationship's fine. Or, All this is good. This is supposed to be working. Mm-hmm. So I think a couple things. Number one, I think that Ryan is just likely very sexually inexperienced. And mm-hmm. I think that because he's sexually inexperienced, whether or not that means he's, he's never had intercourse before, I don't know. But I think that he's very sexually inexperienced. And as a result, I think he feels insecurity and also just like a lack of awareness of his feelings about how he feels about Clara sexually. Um, I think he probably doesn't know what he likes. He probably doesn't know what attraction feels like for him. You know, even like, I mean, you know, people most, I think the average age of first sex or something like that for uh, in America, at least, is somewhere in like your mid to late teen years. But you know, everybody knows if you are, start having sex, you know, but 15, 16, 17, 18, you're not going to enjoy it, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in, a, in any sort of deeper way, it takes a little bit more time typically um, to go into sex feeling confident and feeling like, you know, you know, and you and your partner are going to have a good time. It takes practice. And what, like I said, he might not be he might have had intercourse in the past, but regardless of whether or not he has, he obviously doesn't feel comfortable with getting to that point. Um, And as a result, I think that like, he doesn't even know how to begin to come. He's not aware of how he's feeling. I think he feels like a deer caught in the headlights. And I think he doesn't know how to communicate that to Clara. And I feel like there's, I'll be honest with you. I think that the way I'll come back to Clara in a second, I think the way that she communicates the way how she like the fact that she wants to have sex with him is probably too intense for somebody who clearly has um, some hangups about it. The other thing we don't know either is like, does Ryan have some sort of, is he being triggered by some sort of, you know, memory or experience that he had? Has he, has he had um, like, you know, does he, is he, you know, experience is he a survival of, of sexual trauma? We don't know. Um, but I'm going to tell you what, like, uh, the thing that the thing about Ryan is that like Ryan is so closed off, he's not going to talk about it. And he's, you can tell just by looking at him, he is not the type that's about to be up in therapy sharing his feelings. <laughs> uh, and Clara, um, I, also, I will say also Ryan has a superiority complex, which comes across frequently in the way that he communicates with Clara. He thinks yeah. of her as emotional and unreasonable, and he thinks of himself as logical and controlled. When in actuality, to me, I think he he gives off this very controlled vibe because he does it. He's so out of touch and so afraid of his own emotions and feelings and insecurities. So that's how I feel about Ryan. With Clara, 
I think that Clara has a good heart. And I think that she's probably a really kind person. I get that vibe from her. I think that Clara has a lot of insecurities, which is why she's very focused on specifically Ryan not having sex with her and Ryan not saying, I love you. Now, the thing is, is that Ryan has every right not to do those things. He has every right to never tell her, I love you. He has every right never to have sex with her. Now, if he wants to do that and stay married, that's a different situation. And I do think that like his whole thing about um, I don't want to say I love you all the time because I don't want it to lose its meaning. That to me also is very indicative uh, to me. Rather, it's like, it's, see, it makes it very clear to me that he is also just not very experienced in relationships because that is some straight up bullshit that right. nobody who's ever been in love would ever fucking say. So right. that just lets me know he wants to, con- he, because love feels uncontrollable to him. He wants to find a way to put boundaries on it so that he can be the boss of it. And that's not how love works. Clara, though, is so afraid that Ryan doesn't like her. She's so afraid of being disliked. She doesn't She doesn't even really like Ryan. And she doesn't like being in a relationship with him. She's not happy. She's horny. She's got blue, you know what I'm saying? She's got blue balls, you know, as they say. And she's tired. <laughs> like She's tired of him nitpicking her and criticizing her and trying to... He's like trying to force her to go to church and he's not giving her no cutty. Okay. Right. And so it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, 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 she doesn't, she doesn't even really like Ryan, but she's so, she's more afraid of being disliked by him or being, she's so afraid of being rejected by him that she's yeah. doing whatever she can to bend over backwards to make him happy. And to her, his way of indicating that he likes her, not even just, to, just she, in order for her to feel like he likes her, she needs him she says that she needs him to say, I love you and to have sex with her. Now, to me, if she was actually invested emotionally in Ryan, which again, it's fine for her to not be. This is just a reality show. If she was emotionally invested in Ryan, she would try to investigate why, like, why he was so hesitant around sex. She would have private conversations with him and be like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. I noticed that you like feel uncomfortable when we bring up sex. I just want to let you know, we can take it off the table is there something like that happened or, or is it something that you feel like you don't have a lot? She could have, she could approach him in gentler ways. Um, and the thing, and, but she doesn't, she brings it up in front of everybody else, which to me is, it's such a private thing. And it's, he's clearly so upset about it. If she was emotionally invested in him and she had any emotional maturity, she would try to more gently investigate where his hangups were and why they were there. Then the other thing is, uh, yeah, the, I love you thing again, she's not even, neither one of them is emotionally aware enough to even acknowledge the fact that they obviously don't love each other and that they barely like each other if they do at all. So she's like, why won't you say I love you? And it's like, girl, you don't love him. (laughs) He doesn't love you. You guys don't like each other. Why are you begging for this outcome? And she like uses it kind of as like a way she like tattles on him to other people. Like he won't say I love you and he won't have sex with me. She kind of uses it to tattle on him as like a way to try to get him to open up to her instead of actually just bringing her own defenses down and really trying to ask him how he's feeling. She tries to tattle on him, I guess. So I like Clara, but I'm just, I know that was very long, but I just wanted to get that out. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. No, you're right. I have been searching for this footage of like Clara keeps saying throughout the episodes, I could not have picked a better man. I could have not created oh, a better man. If I had oh. the man back, Ryan would have come out. Ryan and his little, you know, spit shine bang. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just like, I, where are you guys clicking? 
Mm. When is when is that? Where do I've never seen that? Like we see them being pleasant with one another, but that's a very different thing. Like they don't really they're like coworkers. You know, mm. they're like the coworkers you like in the office. Mm. But you don't hang out with afterwards, you know? Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. It doesn't really like I'm not seeing this like closeness and this like intimacy that they've created. It doesn't even exist. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really, we don't see it. And it seems like at some point this season, even if the editors were trying to make it seem like whatever, we would have seen it at some point. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just haven't seen it. Um, no, there's nothing there. <laughs> there's nothing there. And, you know, yeah, there, there's just nothing there. I, I, I <laughs> Ryan to me is exhausting and mm. I just don't know. I, I don't know what to do with him. And I, I like Clara. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. Like nobody in the history of ever has fallen out of love. And their excuse was because we said, I love you too much. Like that's never happened. <laughs> and it's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, I, Okay, so Dr. Pepper says, you know, like, I think months from now, you guys are going to look back on this moment and be able to answer the question that, yes, you guys were in love. And Ryan does his classic, like, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, sure. Sure. Um, I hate it. Yep. <laughs> In a confessional, Clara starts to get a little bit emotional. And she says, you know, like, I don't want to force anything out of Ryan, but I can't be in a marriage with somebody who won't say that they love me ever, which, fair. Completely yeah, fair. Yeah, very fair. Um, so later they're supposed to write letters to their former selves at a significant point in their, and this is where I would have been like, Vincent, like I'm taking my Jansport and leaving. I, I would have been Clara at this point. Cause she writes this letter to her 13 year old self and is like, <laughs> she's really being like subtweeting Ryan. Like, um, you know, I would just say that you don't have to be perfect in order to be loved you know, and to tell people how you feel when you feel mm-hmm. it, Ryan, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, to let those around you, like maybe the ones that you're sharing a couch with, know that you love them. That's what I tell myself. Ryan's <laughs> <Yeah>. letter <laughs> is just like, you're perfect, you're beautiful, you're Linda Evangelista, nothing you've done in, wrong- in your life is ever wrong, and I could not love you more. Like, bro, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's such a weirdo. He's like, okay, that was great. I I don't have any critiques for myself. I wouldn't change a thing. Um, I think I've done life great. And here I am with you, the lady who gets me off every night, but I have not touched or taken my shirt off in front of. So next question. (laughs) Like, I would have left. I would have been like, right, what, what is that? What is that? And what am I supposed to do with that? I don't know. I really don't know. These letters are such a strange exercise. And I think that like, even when the best couples, they can bring out like conflict, like with uh, Bennett and Amelia last (laughs) season, I think was it Bennett had written something um, that wasn't as heartfelt as what Amelia wrote or whatever. So I don't know. I feel like I've learning from watching the show. It's like, the letters kind of seem like a setup devised by production to like cause conflict or get somebody to embarrass themselves like Jacob, which we'll talk about. 
Yes. Um, let's let's go on to Eric and Virginia. Do you have any final thoughts on Ryan and Clara? Ryan and Clara, I just, I just, they're not going to break up. I know they're going to stay together on decision day, but Lord Jesus, it makes me sad. I'll just say this. It makes me really sad that the, neither of them seem to think that they deserve to have a better experience than what they're having right now and that they both are comfortable lying to everybody and themselves and saying that like everything is great it sucks i hate i hate to see anybody go through that yeah i would say that ryan is probably more comfortable than claire is like he seems perfectly fine with like never having never saying i love you and just saying Mm. sure to whatever and you know doing crossfit for the rest of his days so good luck to both of you guys on that one it's not good luck my prediction is that they will say yes at decision day, but there are going to be some issues at the tell-all. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. All right, Carrie. That's, that, that, Carrie, that's a good point. That's a good point, Carrie. That's a good point. <laughs> okay, let's go to Eric and Virginia. Oh, Ooh, my child. God. Did you listen to Jaden XD? Uh, no, 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 no. But I, I, I'm familiar with them, but I, I, I don't listen to them regularly. They, they also do Married at First Sight recaps. and they. Yeah, they have for for this season. They call Eric January sixth, <laughs> which is like, oh dog. my god! You know what though? Accurate, accurate, accurate. <laughs> Can't even lie. You cannot even lie. So Eric takes Virginia to his childhood home to show her like this is what it's like to grow up as a you know upper middle class white person, mm-hmm. and. Here are my pictures. I'm going to show you what my first nose looked like. Did you see that? Okay. Yes. And I'm going to tell you what. I already knew he hasn't had a nose job because I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a friend send it to me. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. That we're going to come back because that, I have thoughts about that. I have thoughts about that. <laughs> um. So he, she, Virginia cracks me up. She cracks me up because he's showing her like her medal, his medals from the Air Force or whatever. And she's like, oh, are these like Boy Scout badges? And you <laughs> could tell to like set her on fire. He <laughs> 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 was so pissed. Uh, you gotta love Virginia though. Sometimes she just be on a different planet and I really fuck with that. She is so sick of him. She is so sick of this man. Don't even know it either is the funny part. Don't even really know it. Ooh, she is white knuckling it through this whole thing. Just her hand tightly wrapped around a margarita and a white claw. Just she's, ooh, she's so sick of him. Mm. So I said this last week. Like I'm picturing myself as, you know, if I'm Virginia, who's proclaimed in so many words to be woke and liberal. Wouldn't you be so mad to be stuck with a Trump supporter? Yes. And again, I do think that it is like, I think it's this season. I think it was slim pickings. Just like how we were talking about how like I would never have matched Ryan and Clara together because of their clearly opposing views on religion. I don't think that the, that the experts should ever have matched Eric and Virginia together because they yeah. obviously are clearly on clearly on opposite ends of the political spectrum. In addition to like, I wouldn't necessarily say specifically their age, but yeah, their age difference and also their difference in lifestyle. It just did, it did not add up to me. Every time I see them together, I'm like, who did this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was interesting. They're sitting at the table and 
he's talking about how important family is and then Virginia starts crying and turns out that she's mad at him because he is not as invested in her family and getting to know them as she has been with his family. She's talking, mm-hmm. I'm, I have friendship with your sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to your parents, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, even though my family doesn't live nearby, he still is not doing jack shit to try and connect with them. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that he should be trying harder? Um, I think he should be, but also like that to me is the least of Eric's problems. I got so many, I, I, this guy, he, he gives me the willies truthfully. Mm-hmm. And what's that? I, that wouldn't be the thing that I was crying about. <laughs> no. I am saying, thank you. You're probably doing me a favor by not being friends with my sister. And right. My mom, so. Right. Also like, yeah, he's, he's a very controlling, selfish person. And he, I don't know, like Ryan kind of freaks me out. Chris is so terrible. He's like cartoonish. Um, and Eric, and like, what's the other guy's name? Jacob. Jacob is somebody going to love him one day, but we're going to talk about Jacob. I have, I have thoughts yeah. about Jacob, but um, Eric actually freaks me out. Like the way he has like. I don't know. Yeah. There's just a lot of little things that he says and does like the thing about the dog and like, even like he has some valid points with um, like Virginia, not wanting her to hang out with his, with her friends so much, but like he turns it into like a thing in a way that's really strange. Like he, he seems to have this communication style where he tries to use conflict as like a way to, like how I put it, not them naturally engaging in conflict. It's like, he'll see a way to create conflict so that he can get his way. And that's really creepy. Yeah. Yes. Like for them to be on Lifetime, he's like a, a, like a specific Lifetime movie character where like he comes (laughs) off, like he presents well, but then it's like, he's a nightmare, you know, behind the scenes. Yes. 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 He seems like at first blush, like, okay, regular guy, you know, whatever. And then really quick, I'm like, yo, he's got that. It's like the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. I'm like, yo, this is deep. Yep. Yep. So Eric's excuse or his reasoning behind not getting to know Virginia's family is that he's been so invested in their relationship. And <laughs> and he says, you know, like it's hard when they're not nearby. But I'm thinking, okay, well, it seems like Virginia's relationships with his family are over the phone. So mm-hmm. what's the difference? Mm-hmm. You know, say that. But... Right. It's he. He doesn't take Virginia seriously, and so I don't no. think he would ever take her family seriously. Yeah. I to me, yeah. There's something. There's. It felt classist to me almost. Mm, say more about that. Like they, I don't know. I think he kind of views her as a little bit trashy. And I think he feels like bringing her into his air force, you know, pilot, we own a hangar family. I think he feels like he's bringing her up from the minor leagues in a way. And he almost like is dusting her off. And I don't know. There's just something around about that just feels like he doesn't want to know them. And I, but I also feel like he probably, Mm. Somebody who just drops into his life and is like totally all consumed in his world. Yeah, I think that both I think that both of those things are kind of right. I do think that I could definitely see it being kind of classist. Like that whole thing about his family having like an airplane hanger 
And just like how nice his parents' house seemed. I could see him thinking like, obviously my family's a superior family. You should want to have relationships with my family. I don't need to have relationships yeah. with your family. And I definitely do think that there's like classism. And I also think that like, kind of like with Ryan, but more intensely with Eric, definitely a superiority complex where it's just like, sure. I'm better than you. And the way, what I think is better than what you think. My opinions are the, like, I don't have opinions. I'm just right. And I think that's kind of, I think that approach spills over into the rest of their dynamic for sure. Definitely. So then we see Eric FaceTime her father, Daniel, and he basically tells on himself immediately and is like, you know, Virginia has been making the effort to know my family. So now I'm reciprocating. So that's why I'm calling you. Um, but then he says, you know, like, but, you know, for my, for my end, I was just trying to focus on our relationship. And Daniel's like, you know, don't worry about it. You don't have to go to worry about getting to know me. You guys have only known each other six weeks. You've gotten mm-hmm. further than any other guy that I've seen, you know, focus on yourselves and move on. And then he says, you know, I'm proud to have you as a son-in-law. And then Eric is like, oh, okay, you like me? Okay, well, I'm going to talk shit about your daughter now. Um, He's like, you know, I feel like I know how a marriage should be, and I feel like, you know, Virginia doesn't really respect that. And it's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, like, what? What? Like, the definition of too much dip on your chip, my guy. You got too comfortable too quickly, and you thought you had an ally. You do not, sir. You do not. <laughs> he doesn't take Virginia seriously. He t- it, but you know what though? It's kind of like, again, like going back to Ryan and, his, you know, Clara's mom. Like, again, Eric, of course, is taking it to like the fucking nth degree. Mm-hmm. But there's like a certain like kind of like, oh, your daughter, even though she's my wife, and, and I too signed up for a goofy reality TV show to get married. Right. I am right and logical and you need, every, everyone needs to take me seriously. And my wife, your daughter, She's silly and she doesn't understand religion. She doesn't understand marriage. Can you level with me and help me like uh, control her? <laughs> like what? Like it was really, it was really, Eric does not, the the way that Eric communicates to me makes it very clear that he does not know how to forge um, and is not interested in forging a bond with a romantic partner that is not um, imbalanced in his favor. He yeah. needs to have ultimate control. And I find that his a lot of his communication tactics to be patently abusive, like textbook. 100%. 100%. I was so grateful that Virginia's dad was like, bro, not every relationship looks the same. There are many paths to a good marriage. And, you know, figure it out, bro. If this one's not working and she's feeling some type of way about it, then... Mm-hmm. Figure something else. Turn around and go in a different direction. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com So, later Virginia meets up with Eric at a basketball court. And oh. were you surprised? I was like, oh, she can hoop. <laughs> Yo, she could hoop. But you know, I was surprised, but I'll say, seeing her on the court, it made so much of her personality like be makes filled sense. in for me. I was like, oh, this makes sense. I get it now. <laughs> I felt the same way. We could talk about this later about finding out Haley played softball. I was like, oh. Yep, everything okay. clicked. It clicked. It, it completely clicked. Um, so she's showing him pictures of, you know, years in black basketball. And she just tells a story about senior night and how she was kind of estranged from her parents. Her mom had moved away. She wasn't talking to her dad. So her siblings came to support her and go out on the court and take the picture and blah, blah, blah. And she says, you know, like I had to grow up fast and figure out my own way. And, you know, that's just more about me. So Eric says, you know, like, I respect you for what you've gone through. No, you don't. And the woman, that you become, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then he says, you know, I want you to lean on me and not worry about it. And he said, I know you don't need me, but I want you to need me sometimes. And that would be romantic if it were anybody else. Woo. <laughs> Say it. Say it. But, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like Virginia's like, why can't I just want you not and not need you? And you could tell that he was like, mm. <laughs> like he would have just broken that basketball. <laughs> he doesn't he like that. Have. He needs that dependency. He needs that codependency. He loves it. Yeah. Uh, and I just love that she challenges him. I love it. I love it. So then we see. Virginia meet up for margaritas at the, you know, the apartment clubhouse with Eric's sister-in-law, Bridget. Let's talk about Bridget. Let's talk about Bridget. Her eyebrows, that like incredible thick hair, just a mm-hmm. tiny woman with a lot of opinions. And I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. I really did. She was interesting. She was interesting to me. I felt like, I don't know. I the way what I saw when I looked at Bridget, it like with my I'm I'm like seven or eight years older than Virginia. Mathematically, is that true? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Yeah. How old is Virginia? Is what twenty six? Four plus three. Yeah, uh, I'm like seven, Virginia's seven, eight years. Yeah, I'm like seven, eight years older than Virginia. Knowing what I know now, when I saw Bridget and I saw the way she was kind of talking about how like her husband don't share his feelings either, I would have been like. <laughs> Let me get my ass up out of here. Like, right. Bridget has seen some shit, okay? She's seen some shit. Yeah, she's like the one who warns you or tries to warn you before a scary movie, before things get too crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> literally, literally, literally. No, girl, like, they're the same. They're exactly the same. Yep. And they're not good at talk about their feelings, and you're. it's going to take time. And by that, I mean, you're going to be a broken woman by the end of this. And Oof. that's going to be it for you. So uh, so Virginia starts talking about going out. And mm-hmm. this is like the one thing that nobody can support her on. Mm-hmm. It does not make any sense. 
She's using this as some sort of like tool of control and it's not adding up for me, girl. Like you have so much other material to work with. Let this like I need to spend the night with the guy. <laughs> Let it go. Yes. That is such a good point. She does have other material to work with. Like she's not going to win. Like I hate to say that Eric is right, but he's right. Like you don't need to spend the night with your guy friends. You don't need to be getting so drunk four days out of the week that this is something that even needs to be a topic of conversation. Like that's true. You got to let that drinking go, girl. I'm sorry. Well, you know, I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever drank as much as like Virginia on an average day, but I will say when I was 25, 26, that was probably the height. Yeah. Uh, And I was single. Yeah. Back then. Uh, Yeah. That was the height for me of when I was like, I was going out three to five nights a week and just shutting it down. I wouldn't even go out on the weekends. I was going out on the weekend nights. So Mm -hmm. I did, I do kind of understand where Virginia is coming from. Now that said, was I attempting to marry a stranger or anybody? At that time? No. Uh, so I knew myself. But right. I agree. I think that you're right. I think that Virginia... I, okay, I think she... she. I think the, the hang out with the friends thing is one of those things. A, I think if she really... if she, It just proves she doesn't like Eric. If she really liked whoever her partner was, she would just... Like, she'd want to hang out with him. Do you know what I'm saying? She doesn't like him. And she's, I think, young and inexperienced and doesn't realize yet that she doesn't like him or doesn't realize that she doesn't have to like him. That's a better way to put it. I think Clara, I think on some level, Haley, no, Virginia, on some level, Virginia knows that she doesn't like Eric. Clara is in complete denial. Haley's not in total denial, but I think that she thinks that she has to try to like Eric and she totally doesn't. And I think the fact that she doesn't want to like concede on any of the friend stuff is proof of that. I think she's trying to have at least some space in her life where he's not like nitpicking her or trying to like control what she's doing. I think that she, it's not, it's flimsy. Like you're absolutely right. It's totally flimsy, but she does have other things that she could lean on, but she is, she cracks me up with that. I need to sleep over at my friend's house. Girl, what are you talking about? You chose to marry an old ass man on, I say old ass, I am the same age as Eric. So I'm just being, but you chose to marry an old ass man on this reality TV show. Let it go. Let it go. And like, I just can't, like I'm single and perpetually single, but also I can't imagine like, once I start being with somebody that I like, I can't imagine him having to say, can you please carve out like one weekend a month for me? Like it just wouldn't be an issue. No. Like that's a, I mean, that's completely fair. (laughs) That's a completely fair thing. And it's also sad to be like, can you just spend two days just with me out of the month? Exactly. But if she liked him, it wouldn't even, if she liked him and if she felt comfortable around him, or even if she at least felt comfortable, like I could see if every time I'm, I'm with you, you're like, your dog is ill behaved. You don't care about marriage. I'll be like, get me the fuck out this house. I cannot get me out. But if he, if she liked him or if he was a different person that was more suitable to her, I don't think this would be an issue. I think she's just grasping at straws. Even though she doesn't have to, he has acted out on enough occasions that she could really call him to the carpet, but she doesn't. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, So Dr. Pepper comes over. I mean, the, the, the crux of really the end of the ish, the conversation that she has with uh, her sister-in-law, Bridget, is just like, you know, 
if he doesn't if virginia doesn't start viewing eric as like number one then this is going to be a problem it's just going to continue to be a problem so Mm -hmm. um so then dr pepper comes over and eric starts talking some bullshit about going through the tough times and you know we have so much understanding and dr pepper was looking at him like bitch (laughs) she does not like him and i just love that i love it (laughs) i really love it because i don't want these experts to be all roses and unicorns like agreed you know if you don't like him don't like him and i love that conversation that she had with Paige of like you're the superior human yep don't forget that yep i loved it I loved it. Dr. Pepper really comes through with the chopper. And I appreciate No, that's my girl. That's my girl. I I do think that they all could come through a little bit more. But I also think that there's like a certain level of like engagement that they need to keep in like like a certain confidence they need to portray. You know what I'm saying? So just because I think they know this season is like a kind of a crapshoot. But I think they yeah. know that they can't just outright just say that. <laughs> I think they have to be like, yeah, work on it. Uh-huh. You have to keep some sort of fantasy because otherwise, what are we watching? If you guys exactly. don't believe in it, then why am I here? You know? Exactly. Um, so Eric says, you know, like we were on a high and then a low and now we're up back again. I forgot to mention that Virginia told Bridget that they had not been fighting for three days in a row and that was their oh, longest oh streak. Oh my God. <laughs> Depressing. Okay. Sad. <laughs> Sad. Depressing. <laughs> confessional dr pepper says you know i like them as a couple but you know they can't continue to sweep things under the rug so dr pepper brings you know she comes back and virginia says you know we both come from different backgrounds and you know we need to define for ourselves what our relationship looks like and so it's not just a cookie cutter situation and by that i mean we're not just playing by eric's rules um eric's like you know i do agree but there are certain standards that every marriage should have, in his opinion, like infidelity. And it's like, well, sure. Yeah. But... Duh. That's not what you're talking <laughs> about, though. Nobody said right. that. Right. Virginia gives him the smile, like, okay, okay. And Dr. Pepper's like, okay, Virginia, explain further what you just made that face about, because clearly you feel some type of way. And, you know, Virginia's like, I'm not stupid. I know that cheating is a no-go. It's not okay in your, when you're married. It's not okay when you're dating. I get that. I, you know, I'm maybe yeah, only duh. 26, but I understand the concept of not wanting to fuck somebody else. Got it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it, you know, outside yeah. of that, whatever you we make from the relationship is, you know, it can be whatever. Whatever works for us is what works for us. So Dr. Pepper leaves. Eric, she gives them homework to write down like their goals for the marriage. Eric is all excited about doing it. Virginia, not so much. Duh. <laughs> Surprise. And she's like, you know, I really don't know if you could do this homework because yeah, I just feel like you have such rigid rules on what a marriage looks like to you. And uh, gosh, Eric's like, you know, Dr. Pepper said that to me and so so, so did your dad. And you know, I understand that it's not a set thing, but also it's a set thing. And Virginia's like, okay, do you understand that? Because it really doesn't seem like you do, bro. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, and then Virginia, Virginia says, you does know, have a little clip. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. 
No, I'm just gonna say Virginia does have a couple clapbacks sometimes. I'll give her credit. She really does. Um, so she tells Eric, you know, she feels like he is offended by the things that she says, and um, Eric says, you know, I feel like we're not acting married when really it's more that like she's not doing what he wants her to do. So mm-hmm. Eric says one of the things that he doesn't want to compromise is her spending the night at different guys' houses and that you need to be with me every night. And it's the, when he says things that way, it's like, well, what do you expect? You know, even if you're right, being, even if you're right, you're going left, you're going exactly. left already. Exactly. He's, he doesn't know how he, I, I, my thing is I would love to, and Virginia is a saint for not having done this. I would need to sit down with both Eric's parents and just observe because his ideas about what a wife means, like the meaning of wife to him, I really think means somebody who is subservient. And that's how he communicates with Virginia, like somebody who is subservient to him in all ways. And like intelligence and taste in, you know, class, stature, uh, and accomplishments, um, and comportment. These are all his opinions, not mine by any stretch of the means. Um, and in life experiences. And so he thinks that because he is supposed to be in control, he thinks that he's important. He thinks that he's the boss. He says shit like that to her. Like, you need to be with me every night. It's just like, what? If if I said that to my fiance, he would be like, girl, what are you talking about? Like, we're grown. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, what? Also, like, who is together? I think pandemic is a very good example. Many people, myself included, who are in relationships that they love were like, wow, we about to be together every day, all day. You know what I'm saying? Fortunately, I had a great time. I really enjoyed this time with my fiance, but we had never done that before. At the outset, I was like, hmm, this is going to be interesting. So it's not natural for even most couples to be every, if you don't have children, you know what I mean? It's not natural for most couples to be only with each other every single night. It doesn't make any sense. It, yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't have that kind of like weird controlling sense of like whatever. So I don't understand this whole desire, like this need to be like, to have somebody sitting up under you. I don't, I don't get it. Um, yeah. And I would imagine like the average couple, even if they're very happy and have a healthy relationship, if they were presented with like a pandemic like experience, like pre pandemic and, you know, they were like, would you spend as much time as you have, you know, would you do that if you had the choice? Most people would probably say no, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. if they wouldn't do it. Um, yeah, he's wild. He's absolutely he's wild. wild. Virginia tries to throw out some scenarios about like, what if I drank too much and it's rainy? Don't you, wouldn't you not want me to drive? Don't you not want me to Uber by yourself, all by myself, all my lonesome? Like, and Eric's like, girl, come on. (laughs) And I had to be like, okay, I'm with you on that. We don't just have to do these hypothetical scenarios. No, she's being a little ridiculous with that. She, again, like you said, she don't need to go there to even get the desired result. Hmm. Yeah. So Eric says, you know, there are just some things that you don't do. Like, what do you want from me? Like, I'm not going to change. And Virginia says, you know, I just feel like you have a long list of non-negotiables. And he claims that he only has about five, but I would like to hear what those five are. 
they must be like must agree with everything I say, must do everything I say, must be with me when I want. <laughs> like that's I think that's probably his list of non-negotiables. Yes. This is a couple I feel like I mean, obviously if anybody was to say no, I think it would be Virginia. Mm-hmm. But they could pull us um, through a loop. Maybe it would be Eric. I don't know. What are your predictions? You think I think they're yes? both going to say yes. Yeah, I think they're both going to say yes. Unfortunately, I don't think they should. But yeah. I think there's no way he's not saying no. Well, I think you're right. Okay, I actually think that you're right. I would say this. I think that they're both going to say yes. Um, I think that as it gets closer to decision day, Eric is going to do one of two things. He's either going to have some sort of blowout to try to scare her into doing what he wants, which is working less and less for him. Or he will love bomb the shit out of her and start acting normal as it gets closer to decision day. And I only think that he would say no so that she doesn't reject him because he's that much of a narcissist. Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think that Virginia, I think I think she's going to say yes because she's young and she doesn't know any better. I just think about last week when, when Virginia was talking to her sister and her sister was looking at her. Her sister clocked the vibe, man. Virginia's sister came to visit her and Eric. She clocked Eric's vibe so fast. She was like, "Mm, should he be around children? Should he be around dogs? Her kids were like nine and 10. And she was like, "Mm." (laughs) it's not even like he was, you know, her children were babies that needed their heads supported or something like that. Her sister was like, nah, this ain't it. She And I love, I love how right in the beginning, she's like, Virginia, I really haven't heard from you much. Yep. Eric, do you know why that might be? Yep. <laughs> like, well, great question. Her sister, great. her sister sees exactly what the dynamic is, and she's trying to make sure Virginia is safe. I mean, I say that as a sister, as a big yeah. sister and a little sister, I'm a middle child with two sisters. <laughs> and I totally clock with Virginia's sisters. Her sister clocked that vibe. She was like, This is not right. This is not healthy. Girl, you need to get out. Yeah out <laughs> but yeah man oh man i yeah, i like, don't know it's yeah but we'll see and jennifer thank you for being the only reasonable person in this family um <laughs> let's move on to Haley and jacob oh man Ciao, ciao. <laughs> so we start off with Haley inviting jacob to the batting cages of course she's like oh i showed up early so i could warm up and beat his ass which she does and mm-hmm. Like I said, she reveals that she played softball growing up, and you know, Jacob's a flop, he misses every ball. Um, Jacob starts claiming that he couldn't hit the ball because it was only 60 miles an hour, and that's too slow for him. And it's like, sir, <laughs> no, that only hand eye coordination, baby. That's 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 the focus, right? At least that's he was the focus. A, at least he was a little bit retrospective and I was like, oh, maybe that's the metaphor for our relationship. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he point. he does not like to lose when it comes to sport and stuff like that. That's not his jam. That's not his jam. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's so he like he's like Vincent, but a step further in that like he doesn't like looking silly. Mm-mm. But Mm-mm. he will make people look silly or try to I I can't figure this is a couple that I go back and forth on the most because I'm like okay really? I'm on his side 
on her side and then yes, on his side. Yes, yes, agreed. I, I feel like they're both at fault, but then I see both sides of it at the same time. They're, I, I kind of can't stand either of them. <laughs> That's where I am. <laughs> I'm like, both y'all killing me. Same. Uh, gosh. So she tells this dumb story about like she didn't want to, she couldn't play baseball until she was seven because she didn't want to put the hat on or the helmet on. And there was another story about how she was on the swim team and she didn't want to go in the pool one time. So she just laid out in the sun and uh, Jacob calls her a diva, which seems to upset her. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I guess. I guess. So I don't want a man to call me a diva either, though. Now I think about it. I want some man I don't know call me a diva. I'd be like, raise your standards, bitch. Okay. <laughs> right. Am I a diva or are you just busted? Like, right. don't talk to me. <laughs> um, that was basically it. I mean, then Jacob takes Haley to mini golf. And like, I don't want to insult anybody who really loves putt-putt. But again, <laughs> it just, like Jacob has a putt-putt personality. And I just get that. <laughs> that's so accurate. He totally has a putt putt. <laughs> it's funny. I was watching last night my fiance, and he was like, I can't believe Jacob doesn't have one of those in his backyard next to his pool. Right. I was like, You are damn right. You are right. damn right. Right. Next plan, and the, you know, just right next to that sand trap that the dogs pee in. Um, so then Jacob pulls out a picture from when he was a child, and then he shows her a picture of a company, a golf event that he went to in which he's wearing Daisy Dukes and Birkenstocks and some yellow t-shirt that I'm sure had a eighties reference on it. Haley's horrified. She's like, you really wore that to an event? Like they shoes and they have holes in them. <laughs> they have holes in them. What? so sick of the way he dresses she's like do you really wear jeans to a batting cage my guy like what is this what is with you the know, cow i'm not lying i'm sick of the way he dresses too but but <laughs> we're gonna come back to Haley. we're gonna come back to that because i'm sick of the way he dresses too but also i think Haley goes about a lot of things the wrong way she's worried about the wrong things again yep. there's so much material and the things that she focuses <laughs> on are so weird. Like that's such a good point. <laughs> it's so minor in comparison to everything else. Um, because like last week, what was her issue that he never told her about like the 10 years that he spent in Atlanta? Like that's your deal breaking thing. Oh my god, it was too much. I was like, girl, I couldn't even follow that. It just didn't make any sense. <laughs> Me either. I couldn't um, follow it. Do you agree? And even does how if your fiance had any um, feelings about this, do you agree that like his dick game was obviously trash, and that's what uh, pushed her? Okay, further? let's talk about this because <laughs> my fiance. Okay, so I forgot that I totally forgot that they ever had had sex. My fiance remembered, and Eric, Eric, uh, my co-host who I work with, he also watches Married at First Sight every week. He doesn't always tweet about it, but he watches it every week. So he reminded me, he's like, oh, well, they did have sex. And I was like, what? And I forgot, that's right, on the honeymoon, they totally did. I, I glossed right over it. Yeah. Why? I... Okay, this is, my, this is my thing. This show goes in on people all the time, even when they're uncomfortable about it and they don't want to talk about it and they've made that boundary clear. The show requires you to talk about your sex life. They required that out of Iris and Keith in season nine. They required that out of Karen and... Um, 
season 11, Karen and Miles, they always require you to talk about your sex life and why you are or aren't having sex and how it's going. It is very bizarre to me that they had sex on the honeymoon. And then after that, Haley doesn't want to even look at Jacob. Look, sex is one of those things. It could go a lot of different ways. He might've done something that turned her off. He just might've been terrible. You know, I mean, I have been my fiance for six years, but I was single a lot of my younger days and um, with the exception of like a three-year relationship that I was in, the other seven years between 17 and 27, I was actively dating. And, you know, sometimes men do things in the bedroom that are so deeply cringe. It's like you, it's like the pain when you look back. It's like that TikTok that just goes, ah, that's how it feels. Sometimes yep. when you look back at some of the terrible sexual experiences that you've had with men, speaking for myself, because it's just like embarrassing. I don't know if Jacob did that, but I have okay. a feeling that whatever happened between them in the bedroom was enough that she was just like it contributed to this general feeling of her just being like, I can't, yeah. I can't do it. Because yeah. she started running from him basically after that and ducking and dodging him. <laughs> and right. like ducking and dodging him. I'll say because they had sex, I do think that she does kind of need to be a little bit more direct with him because that is I could see how especially in the first few weeks that was probably a confusing signal for him um what I will say is that Jacob's like what 36 or 38 right 38 yeah okay I'm gonna tell you something right now Jacob is too damn old thank you (laughs) too (laughs) fucking old (laughs) not to know that if that it was very likely something that he did that turned Haley off. The fact that they had sex and that suddenly he's like begging her to give him a hug, which is like, Oh my God, I'm embarrassed for him when he's doing this. Right. I'm fucking embarrassed. I'm like, I want to shield like, like shield my face. Cause I'm embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Like if you had sex with a woman and you're 38 years old and now she doesn't have sex with you and she doesn't want to give you a fucking hug at this point, you have to do the math and you have to grow up. Like, it's not her responsibility to make you feel like whatever happened wasn't awkward at that point. You just have to charge it to the game. You got to take the L. You need to humble yourself and maybe try to talk to her about it. And then if she doesn't want to talk about it, you at least, whether or not he has to accept the way that she's treated him at times, which I think I can't, I do think sometimes she can be rather cold. And I think this episode was an example of that. I still think that he needs to grow the fuck up, take the L and keep it moving and at least accept on his own, like on his own terms and at his own level that she is just not going to, she's not interested. It's very weird to me that he kind of like, I think they both have like a lot of weird, I think they both have weird communication issues. Um, But yeah, I, I think that something that he does a lot is try to use kind of try to tattle on her sometimes like she is cold and she Mm -hmm. is kind of rude but he kind of tries to tattle on her like oh you know Haley won't you know she won't even hug me and it's like dude you had sex with her and she doesn't want to hug you like don't tell on yourself like (laughs) dude like don't tell on yourself don't think about the calls coming within the house at this point like hello hello 
You would think he would at least not want to play himself by be like being like, oh, like constantly seeking physical attention from her and affection and getting mm. rejected. Yeah, because it's very entitled too. Completely. Like it doesn't seem like it's ever crossed his mind that that might have been an issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me. Because that's the first place my mind would go. The first, the literally the first thing, and it's so weird to me that the show will not address it. She doesn't bring it up. He doesn't bring it up. But also the experts don't bring it up. What's yeah. that about? What's that about? What's, What's that, that about? about? Oh my God. So they also get the assignment to write the love letter to their younger selves. And... Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so Jacob, Jacob goes first. And his letter is like, don't be a bitch. Embrace adversity. <laughs> Thank you for not quitting football. And that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what he means when he talks about don't be scared of adversity. He's talking about eating the eight pounds of fucking ground beef that he's eating every day. That's his <laughs> adversity. Push uh, through. Embrace adversity. That's that's the only thing I can imagine that he's talking about is eating all that damn protein to do right? all that lifting he does. Those well done hamburgers. It's just, oh my God. Um, Haley writes a note to her 15 year old self and it's basically like warning her about the relationships that we expect to last forever and mm-hmm. you know but you know things are not the, the end of the world when they don't last forever and to not be afraid to take chances and to listen to her mother and Jacob's just like okay whatever <laughs> but then <laughs> he, then he drops the hammer and Jacob has a tendency to do this. And this makes me want to scream. He starts off by saying, well, what would you have told yourself, you know, the night before the wedding? And she's like, mm, I don't really know, except for maybe just to calm down and you have no idea what's coming. And she walks right into this trap and is like, okay, well, what would you yep. have said? Mm-hmm. And he starts to hesitate. I mean, full drama. And he's like, you know, I probably would say, like, return that bracelet. And we're like, what? <laughs> so, this flashback of him giving this infinity bracelet to Haley. You know, production gave it mm-hmm. to her day. And, it, you know, first we see her say, like, she didn't take it out of the box. So, she thought it was a necklace. And so we see her like the first apparent stab in his heart was her saying like, Oh, thank you for the necklace. And he was like, Oh, it's a bracelet. She's like, oh, okay. You know, whatever. That was and when then... the seed was sown. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we were never, never got back on good footing since then. And then we see a day three. Why aren't you wearing the bracelet? Day seven. Where's my bracelet at? Apparently, uh, Haley gave it to her mother for safekeeping and then her mom took it back home to Alabama and here we are. She still doesn't have the bracelet. And then it's like this is something that apparently has been like a source of contention this entire time not brought up until this episode. Yep. And Jacob starts by saying he didn't want to get into a fight about it, but of course he did. <laughs> he said he obviously you know, he he totally baited her in having a fight about this. Obviously, totally. And his, this is like the seventeenth time that he's baited her into an argument. So he loves to do that. You know, 
Haley's like, you know, I just, I gave it to my mom, you know, she took it back home and then he starts getting snarky, but like, you know, you know, for under $10, you could have had it shipped back in two to three days. And it, you know, if it was really that important to you and she doesn't like you, it's been established. Let it go, bro. Let it go. He's not (laughs) wrong. Like I, and the, the thing is, is that, and this is where Jacob likes to get this is where he gets his rocks right he's technically not wrong he is technically right she should have shown him the basic respect of making sure that the gift came back but this is my thing and my fiance and i talked about this first point last night number one don't buy 800 gift for somebody you don't know if Mm -hmm. he's 38 years old and he doesn't understand how creepy it can be to give a woman that you don't know a very expensive gift. It yeah. just, again, illustrates just how lost and inexperienced he is. And if not inexperienced, um, maybe just not a good listener when it comes to relationships, it is wildly inappropriate to send a woman or to give a woman a really expensive gift when you don't know her. That makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable because oftentimes case and point gifts come with expectations, especially expensive gifts. They come with expectations. A good example for a better way to approach this, not the argument, but like gift giving last season in season 11, when miles and Karen had their one month anniversary, miles had this moment with Karen, even though, I'm sorry. I don't know if you know Karen. I'm just going to say right now. Yeah. I don't like her. I still don't like her. That's period. I don't like, I don't like Karen. But um, Miles gave Karen a t-shirt that had like this cute little saying on it that he felt like expressed his feelings about their relationship. He's right. like, I've known this woman for a month. She not feeling me like that. I'm working on her. A t-shirt. Perfectly appropriate gift. I remember actually saying when he actually gave it to her, I was like, wow. I was like, Miles is doing the right thing because that gift is basically saying, I thought about you, but no pressure. And like Jacob is saying, I didn't know you, but I projected onto you and Mm -hmm. I had expectations for you. And my expectations were set with the $800 gift that I gave you. And like I said, in principle, he is not wrong. And if they were having this conversation six weeks ago, when there was still maybe more of a chance for them to build a connection, I can understand where he's coming from. But the way he baited it, it baited her into this conversation, knowing full damn well she don't fucking like him and she doesn't respect him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, like she won't give you a hug. You've talked about that. Talk about the fact that like she won't sit on the couch barely next to you. You talk about the fact that y'all sleep a lot of time in seven bedrooms. Okay. Mm -hmm. She doesn't give a fuck about the fucking bracelet. Let it go. And I'm going to be honest with you. The other thing too, as you mentioned, he already wrote her off. He uh, rather, I'll say this. He was already offended by her referring to the bracelet as a necklace and then not wearing it at the wedding. You don't know what she was going to wear. It's possible that her wedding dress could have had sleeves. She wouldn't be able to wear the bracelet. You cannot give a gift to somebody and then give them expectations for what they're going to do with it when they are a literal stranger. And he was, (laughs) he's so, he's so wild. Like he is the wildest person to me, but he's, he's wild. Technically right. Oh, he was technically right. If, if I, I understand, like, I agree. She should have contacted her mom and got her to send the bracelet. Like the principle of what he's saying is absolutely right. But the way, and he makes those faces at her. Do you know faces I'm talking about? The little duck face. He's like, "Mm," he raises his eyebrows, make little duck lips. Like, yep, got you now, bitch. 
It's like, what is wrong with you? Like, no wonder you're fucking single at 38 because you don't know how to communicate. Now, Haley got her shit too. Haley got her shit too. But I'm talking about Jacob right now. He he knew, he found a way to like try to make himself right. And he held on to that shit like hell. Like hell. Yes. He, yeah, he is correct. And, you know, for her to say, like, I didn't even know that was that big a deal, but you guys have been fighting about it every 17 hours. So Hello? you didn't know it was a big deal. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You knew. consistent argument that you've had. So to act like, oh, I didn't think it was that serious. You know, and also on a petty note, why did you spend $800 on a sterling silver infinity necklace? Like, or bracelet? <laughs> like, you got hosed. You absolutely he got hosed. He really did, though. Um, And so... Then Haley's like, well, you know, I haven't really seen you sporting the hat I got you. And Jacob is like, well, you know, it was a $20 hat. And he does that like hand scale thing, like $20 hat, $800 bracelet. And it's like, shut up. You know, she got you something. You're petty because you're holding this for ransom. And because you're still mad. Because she's not doing what you want to do, so you're not going to do what she wants to do. But you would have had a better point. Like, really, if you wanted to be manipulative, you would have worn that hat this whole time and then been like, I I was going to say, (laughs) if you want to play the game, play the game. Like, you worry about the hat, got one right here. Right. (laughs) So, this is my favorite hat. Okay. I wear it. I know. And that's the thing. And and also, like, it kind of, when he was talking about like $800 bracelet, $20 hat, I also, like, to your point, want to point out that production likely paid for it either fucking way. So it's like, it wasn't, you likely did not spend $800 of your own money. I'm 99% sure they probably have some sort of like catalog. I'll say this actually as a person who has received influencer gifts before, um, like a long time ago, like when I was hosting the nod, we had like Cole Haan sponsorship. And they were like, you can get shoes. And I was like, great. I need winter boots. This is amazing. I got to get a free pair of winter boots. They sent us what basically looked like a catalog, like a PDF that just had the name and like color options and like the, um, the like look of a bunch of different shoes. And we got to pick which ones we were going to take. And then they had to take photos of us or something like that. Um, I guarantee that like every single gift that is, like given or whatever, like, or rather I would guarantee that like every single person on this show has the option to purchase a gift through some sort of like internal catalog of sponsored gifts that the show has partnerships with. I would bet on that. Maybe not a lot of money, but I would bet like $20 that that's probably the case. Yeah. I mean, he, he's probably saying like, they told him this bracelet is valued at $800 and you know, that's, that's what he's basing this on. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, Jacob keeps saying, like, you know, I don't care that you, I don't care if you wear the bracelet, but, like, I just wish you had it in the apartment as an option. <laughs> it's like, no, you what? wanted to wear it. <laughs> what? He doesn't even mean that. Like, that is, doesn't even make sense. He doesn't even mean that. He's just saying words. Haley starts talking about how she has a lot going on. And, you know, I'm sorry that a piece of jewelry wasn't at the top of my list. And, you know, Jacob says, this is like a microcosm of our relationship and our marriage. So and- why did you even need to bring it up? If you already, every day you talk about, y'all have a discovery about how she don't like you. Why are you bringing this up again? Like, she's cold to him. Yes. 
but he's too old not to get the message. He's too old. Yeah. I mean, this is like, like Clara has the understanding of if I keep talking to Ryan about not having sex, it's just going to make him not want to have sex with me. Like Jacob doesn't have that in his brain of if I keep bringing things up, it's just going to make it worse. And if I keep dropping bomb after bomb, um, she's not going to like it. But I also think he's like pushing her away Mm -hmm. to make himself victim and be like oh she sucks she was crazy she was a monster and look i am here i am again alone and i'm just a nice boy no he's not her. they're both pains in the ass like they both are it was interesting i saw a lot of tweets last night from people being like you know what jacob deserves better than this and i'm like really like are we sure about that like i don't think anybody necessarily deserves to be fully iced out i'll say that but like just be like he does a lot i think they both do a lot to contribute to their communication dynamic and they do a lot they also neither one of them is really into the other person um and also like i saw people saying that like Haley was as bad as chris and i'm like no i do think that she shouldn't be continuously criticizing him about what he wears but i'll also say that to me what he wears is amazing like the way that he dresses like with no logic no like not being completely not attuned to trends and like looking at least like he's in the same year as everybody else that's living in the present um along with like so there i don't know there's so many things about him that are very inflexible like he's very inflexible about the things that he likes. Everyone was like, oh, he let Haley buy him new clothes. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I would be shocked if nobody had ever said, hey, I know you're looking for a girlfriend. Maybe don't wear your holy dress shoes to a casual event with these boot cut jeans that you won't let go of. Like, I I mean, I don't know, but like, whatever. I think yeah. that the way that he presents himself to me, like the whole, like he has to eat certain things, the exercise, the way that he keeps his house, the video games, the, uh, the 80s stuff. Like, it's not that he just likes it. It's that I think he really holds onto it like as a major personality trait. And it's just not that these are interests. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he just has interests and he kind of uses them as like this, I don't know. He kind of uses things like that as a dis- to keep distance, I think, between him and other people. Like you made a really good point earlier about um, like Jacob being kind of uncomfortable with being in situations where he's like not really in control or where he can't control the outcome. Like when he was mm-hmm. playing sports or even the go-kart thing when Haley yeah. also won. Um, I think that kind of goes back to something that Haley said a few episodes ago about how she always feels on edge around him because He's always, and he said this himself, he's always trying to do things to make other people uncomfortable. So he'll like, like even with the photo that he showed in this episode where he wore the coochie cutters with his big rock hard ass thighs out to his work event. <laughs> right. I, I, you know, I mean, <clears throat> it's very clear that he does stuff like this um, to put other people on edge. I think he does that because he wants to beat them to the punch. I think he feels consistently uncomfortable and he wants to make other people feel uncomfortable so that he can have more control over the situation. And so when, like, I think the clothing thing, I don't even know if it really matters to him, truthfully. I get this sense that he just, like, if anybody has anything to say about him, he kind of wants to 
throw it back in their face. Like, like they, they're a hundred percent wrong, but it's also just like, I don't know, like I'll keep it real. Like Jacob, like if we were to get together, I mean, it would never happen, but if I was to get with Jacob, he would have to stop wearing them aggressive ass jeans and he would have to stop. He would have to stop wearing like those little shoes everywhere. And he'd have to stop wearing those Armani exchange sunglasses from 2007. Uh, you know, thank you. Them, them thank tight you. ass shirts. Like, I mean, even if he's a cool person, there's no grown woman that wants to be in a real, real, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he wants obviously a kind of, what's the word? He wants like a, you know, a regular white girl. Do you know what I'm saying? He wants an average white woman who like isn't quirky. Or I don't think in any way, he didn't seem like that was something that he was looking for. Um, Cause he's attracted to Haley as she is. And she's kind of like a normal white woman, average white woman. And so he's not looking for like the quirky kind of like gamer girl. Do you know what I mean? So my thing is that if you want a woman that falls within those, like, you know, that, that idea of normalcy that you have when she wants you to also meet her there sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like, that shouldn't be so wild. I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. Like there's no grown woman that's going to be dating him. That's his age or around his age. Cause I know Haley's not, um, that's going to put up with him wearing them country ass clothes. I'm just keeping it real. Thank you for bringing up the sunglasses. They're so upsetting to me. I hate They're them. Upsetting. So <laughs> country. <laughs> Even if you're a nice person, I'm judging the cover when you, when you busting out these head to toe 2007 looks like that. I'm sorry, Jacob. It's just, it, yeah, but Haley is wrong though for constantly throwing that in his face all the time. Like you said, when she has other material, and also I just don't think that. I think that when you are dating somebody, if you don't like the something that they wear, something whatever, I think that when you're first getting to know them, you kind of got to leave it off the table and just get to know them. And then if you know that you want to invest more time, you don't criticize what they have on. You encourage what you think looks good. You know, everybody knows that. It's like therapy one hundred and one. Right. I mean, I feel like her, she has an insecurity about his age. And she's like, I just don't want you to dress like such a divorced dad. <laughs> like, I just prefer that you not look like some creep who's at the, you know, standing in the back of a Jersey Shore club, you know, like, I don't, <laughs> I just, I don't like that. So, I mean, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. But, oh, gosh. So, Dr. Pepper comes over for a session, but before production and the editors really make a point of, you know, illustrating how they're not speaking, how they could not be sitting further away on the couch from each other, mm-hmm. not even making eye contact, they're sick of it. They're sick of each other. So as soon as Dr. Pepper sits down, she's like, you know, Jacob, I can't help but notice that you look a little sad. Do you want to talk about that? And, um, you know, she says... <laughs> Um, the first question that she asks is like, you know, let's talk about the issues that you have. And Haley is like, well, I just want to know why he's always wearing those ugly shoes. <laughs> like, okay. like, girl, you could have done anything else. She could have said, like, I want to know why you baited me into this argument about this bracelet. <laughs> like, I don't like the way that you communicate with me in that sense. She could have said anything else and she chose not to. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yes. Um, Jacob says that's a silly thing to have an issue with, and I agree. It is. It is. And Haley's like, well, it's deeper than that. And I just think that, like, his always dressing up and the fact that he never wears tennis shoes is indicative of him not wanting to be comfortable. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what? She dug deep for nothing. That didn't make any damn sense. It made no sense. Oh my god, she's so pissed that he wore dress shoes to the batting cage. Um, she just doesn't like to be embarrassed, and I think she just doesn't want to be around somebody who might cause any sort of attention. Mm-hmm. And wearing jeans, ripped up jeans, is like an attention grabber for her, and it's embarrassed. I think she's just embarrassed of him. She she's is. She is a very judgmental person, though, I will say. Like, I, I think a lot of us were rocking with her, like, yeah, Jacob is a weirdo, and he do be wearing these messed up ass clothes. But she's an extremely judgmental person, and that also comes through as well. Very rigid, very judgmental, not flexible at all. No, they both um, are like that, too. It's the funniest thing. They're both like that. Totally. Jacob brings up the bracelet again. And Haley's like, listen, we weren't in a good place. I really just didn't have a sense of urgency to have my mom ship that bracelet over. And Dr. Pepper is basically on Jacob's side. She's like, you know, it's a shame that you didn't recognize how important that was to him. And, you know, Jacob says he feels like it's disrespectful that she didn't have it shipped because he, you know, I invested $800 on the gift. I also would like to say that I think it's tacky that he keeps bringing up how much this gift costs. Agree. I think it's super tacky. Um, Haley says again it wasn't at the forefront of her mind and Dr. Pepper was like okay well you should at least be able to understand that he gave you this gift and he gave it to you not knowing who you were but what you were going to be with him to him and you know you should understand that that meant something to Jacob and she says you know Jacob I understand why you have to hurt by that nobody disagrees but also roll that beautiful bean footage and show how <laughs> In that, and I think you might not be on his side as much, Dr. Pepper. Ugh. It's the truth. I, I was actually thinking the same thing. Like, I, again, in principle, Jacob was right. But when you actually look at the whole of the conflict, it wasn't about the bracelet. It wasn't about the hat. It's not about his shoes. There's a lot of real shit that's there that doesn't make any sense. And... Uh, I think it all goes back to, like you said, you're right. Absolutely right. Haley does not want to be with somebody who draws attention to themselves. Like, I mean, I picked up, uh, I'm like, Haley is a normie white girl. She just wanted a normie white guy who also, frankly, was closer to her age. I didn't get the sense that Haley was looking for a 38-year-old man. And 38 isn't old. Like, I joke, and I use that term a lot. But 38 isn't old. But there's a considerable difference between where a 30-year-old is in life and what they're looking for and what a 38-year-old is in life is looking for in life. On in I'd say av- on average, I think that that's probably typically the case. Of course there's always outliers and some people like with, you know, age gaps um 
yeah, the relationships are totally fine and healthy, but for most people, that's not always the case, especially if you're bringing other two strangers. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like he'll just want a regular white dude. And like Jacob Eric. is so not that. Yeah, actually she, she wanted somebody like Eric, I think. Um, Jacob is so not that guy. He's never going to be mm. that guy. He's unwilling to be that guy. Um, oh. But then on top of it, like, yeah, they just both have such terrible communication. Like Haley is really cold and rude. And when she talks to her mom at the end of the episode, you kind of see like, okay, I see where some of this might be coming from. Although I have thoughts about that too. Okay. Um, so Dr. Pepper's basically just totally on Jacob's side. She says, you know, I feel like you don't, don't really understand how much that meant to him. And, you know, I just feel like you're not extending empathy to you, to him. And, Haley says, you know, I've always been the type of person to take myself out of a situation that I don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. I feel awkward and I didn't know how to verbalize that to him. So I shut down. And yeah, I mean, she, she's like, well, to, that bracelet to Jacob meant it was a symbol of how serious he was in the relationship. And that might be true, but everything else, everything else, <laughs> let's, let's look at the material, <laughs> you know? Um, so after Dr. Pepper leaves, Haley is clearly annoyed about that bracelet. She walks out, she goes into her bedroom and she's like, you know, I think that bracelet was just another thing for Jacob to get upset about. She FaceTimes her mom and is like, well, listen, he brought up that fucking bracelet again. So can you ship it over to him? So, so I can just give it to him. And you know, her mom's like, that's so tacky that he would keep talking about the bracelet. Yeah. You give gift that should be it, and you know she did. She was bring up a point like it's tacky to bring up the cost of the bracelet, but you know she kept acting like Haley had no like he should just accept the fact that this bracelet is sitting in Alabama with me. Like why is he why is he not okay with that? Right, and that's the thing. She her little she what got me about Haley is I was like, girl, you had points, like you said, you had ammunition is there. She chose to instead focus on his clothes and focus on like um, how he should just accept the fact, like you said, that she doesn't have the bracelet instead of just being like, you know what? You're absolutely right. I see why that would be hurtful to you. And I'm sorry. Like she could have just ended it there and just been done and it would have been fine. But instead she's like FaceTiming her mom and she's like, you need to send it back so I can give it to him. And I understand she, people were like, he didn't ask to give it to him, but I'm like, no, he gave her the hat back. She's going to give him the bracelet yeah. back. I get that part. But her mom, people were like, oh, Haley's mom is nasty. I'm like, no, Haley's mom is operating off of limited information. Haley's mom mm-hmm. has not seen whatever conversations she and and uh, Jacob have been having. She only knows what Haley's telling her. So I'm like, I'm, uh, you know, Haley's mom is off the hook in, in my book. But Haley, um, just to see her go back and kind of like editorialize the story of what happened in their conversation to her mother was just, it, it made me sad for her, honestly. I was just like, yeah, your need to be right about this and like your need to be superior about this when actually there are like there are real things that you could address and real things that you could like be pissed off about that you could express. Um, but you choose instead to just be like hung up on this petty, stupid shit. It's just like it was it made me sad for her because like, I don't know. I know her whole thing is like she I hate to say this because I don't think that like being single is like a sign of anything. 
I don't think uh. that being partnered is a sign of anything. I think that they're both choices. But she has said sort of in a like lamenting tone on the show that she's like, oh, I've been single for seven years. And I'll say this also too. She seems kind of like the regular kind of white girl that a lot of guys are looking for. You know what I'm saying? I'm just keeping it real, especially in the South. She seems like a regular good old white girl that a lot of people would be interested in, especially down South. And yet, you know, so when she says that she's been single for seven years, that did surprise me um, for a regular white woman such as herself. Um, But then I saw that and I was like, oh, like this, there's, this might be contributing to why you have not um, been able to connect with somebody romantically, maybe the way that you wanted, because like you're just doing immature stuff like this, like FaceTiming your mom and being all pithy. It's just like, you didn't even have to do that. You could have just said the dick was bad and you are baiting me to start fights. And I don't want to deal with that shit. She could have just said that. And I would have been like, you know what, Haley? <laughs> You made right. some point, but she didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, her mom was wrong in that, like, you know, you give a gift and, you know, you just accept whatever happens to it. And like, that's true. But also people don't often know what happens to a gift when they're given. Like they don't often, like if somebody, if I gave somebody a gift and I found out that they had just left it at their mom's house, you know, a lot of people would feel some type of way about that, you know, mm-hmm. or, no, okay. But yeah, her mom, like you said, operating on the information that her daughter's giving her, of course, she's going to be on her side. Um, the fact that he put that hat on the nightstand or the dresser. Dramatic. Petty. Drama. Petty. I don't like that. Dramatic. Drama. And so I love that she was like, I want to put it in his, I want to put that bracelet in his hands. You know, I'm not going to put that on the dresser like he did with me. Um, oh, God, the drama. Dramatic. <laughs> Goofy. Goofy. Uh, um, that was really it. I think that was the end of the episode. Her mom was just like, you know, he shouldn't have given you a gift that he wasn't prepared to, you know, accept what happened to it. And, oh, Lord. Do you think that they're even going to make it to Decision Day? Yeah, I think so. I think they'll make it to Decision Day. I think they're both going to say no. But I don't know. I mean, to me, I, I was talking to my fiance about this last night. We were talking about the fact that, like, I think that Haley is really mean and rude to Jacob. I think that Jacob is really immature and goofy in communicating with Haley. Um, and again, whatever he did when they were having sex, something, it upset her. Like, I don't want to say upset because that sounds like like she was violated. But she, whatever it was, right. she didn't like it. It was whack. Um, right. But... I think that like in order for them to, they both like, they both, I think emotionally get something out of this sort of pettiness. You know how, like when you're in a bad situation ship and then you're done with it, like not fake done. Like I want to come back to this later and you're posting destructive shit on Instagram. Like when you just really just couldn't be bothered anymore and it just doesn't take anything for you not to engage that person. Like it just doesn't take any effort. Like in order, they, they don't, they, I don't think either of them ever like being at that point. <laughs> they both get off a little bit, I think on kind of one upping each other on goofy, petty drama when it comes to their relationship. And so I think for either one of them, just to say, uh, I'm done. I'm leaving. I I think it would just be too much like right for either of them. And especially Jacob, I'll say, because 
um jacob doesn't he uh like as i mentioned earlier jacob doesn't have the maturity to recognize that she does not like him um and so he keeps knocking on this door expecting a different response and like i said i'm not excusing Haley's behavior i'm just saying he should have the understanding and the self-respect to cut it off and he doesn't and so i don't think he's ever going to do that and i think they're going to sit on decision day and look upset and you know they're (laughs) both going to say no And I'm really hoping that they hold them both accountable for their destruction of this non-existent relationship. You say what? That I hope that the experts at some point hold them accountable for, you know, how this relationship was DOA, basically. I'll tell you what, if the experts don't do it, Kevin Frazier will. That's my man, Kevin. Kevin will ask it. If experts can't, Kevin will. Kevin Frazier, you guys, is one of the best reality TV reunion hosts of all time because he's petty. Yeah. He is great. He's fantastic. Give Kevin his flowers. Kevin Frazier is the man. Point blank, period. Kevin will get it done. I love him. He asks the stuff that we're all thinking all season that the experts kind of, I think, can't ask because then it kind of betrays their confidence in the couples. And I know Kevin be watching the show. Like, I cannot deal with these people. Yeah. I need to sit with Kevin. Like, that's who I need to talk to. I need to be with Kevin. Kevin, I want to be like, look, can we watch episode together? Is it Right. Possible? Right. <laughs> I love him. I think he's fantastic. He's so invested as a fan. And he asks everything that we want to know. I love it. Everything that we want to know. Every single thing that we want to know. Um, do you have any final thoughts about the episode? Um, I think that it was actually a pretty good episode. Like I was able to watch it. Um, you know, sometimes like in the, in like the, I think maybe two thirds of the way through the season, the episodes get a little dry and you're just kind of like, all right, you know, they're, they're still feeling each other out looking for fresh conflict. <laughs> but, right. um, this episode I thought was good because it forced all the couples to have a confrontation, not in a way that felt cheap. But like really force them to have an emotional confrontation and see what happened. And I always think that those episodes of the show um, tend to be the most revealing. And, um, you know, on a very prurient level, they can be the most fun. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love last night's episode. It was a mess. Um, and I'm really curious to see how things are going to round out as we get yeah. to the end of the season. What about you? I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to I know the the vacation, the group vacation ones aren't always interesting, but I just like the dynamic of everybody all together, especially when everybody has an opinion about everybody else's relationship. I really like that. Um mm-hmm. and you know, I like <laughs> the girls seem close enough mm-hmm. that they like spill all the tea to each other and I appreciate that. We have really love seen when that like, happens. Yeah, we haven't really seen the guys really maintain friendships. Like last season with like Woody and Bennett and Miles. Oh, like yeah. They all got, they all got close. Like, yeah, but we haven't really seen that of the guys this season. No, I noticed that too. And I'm going to be honest. I think it's because of the guys are dweebs. You know what I mean? Even like guys <laughs> like Jacob and Eric who are both kind of like goofy, you know what I mean? And and weird, like, in a, like emotionally, you would think that they would be kind of attracted to how emotionally cut off they'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, this is a guy I could just sit and drink beer with and 
shoot the shit and doesn't have to go anywhere. You know, usually guys like that try to find each other and, and cling on right. to your life so they don't have to develop <laughs> their emotional relationships. Um, or even like, um, like Ryan also seems like that. But I, I think that um, you make a really good point that guys aren't friends. And I think that that points to, to me, a fundamental issue with their personalities and like their own, I think it points to their own issues with intimacy. They're all kind of control freaks okay. and they all have issues with people being emotionally close to them. And I, I, it's a very good point. I'm sure it's no different with friends. Yeah, exactly. So. Oh. oh, this was very cathartic for me. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to about to this. Wait, talking about this with me, <laughs> losing my words. <laughs> um, tell everybody where they can find you. Um, oh, you can find me typically. I'm on Twitter, especially every Wednesday night from ready to first sight. Uh, I'm at BM loose at B M L U S E. Um, I'm on Twitter and I'm also there on Instagram, but like, I don't, I don't really do a lot. Like once every 10 days or 20 days, I post a bunch of TikToks, but other than that, um, uh, I'll be on social media. Uh, and then also too, hopefully I have some new work coming out. Um, and if you want to follow any developments with that, um, again, follow me on Twitter and also follow for colored nerds on Twitter. Um, that's four colored nerds all just spelled how they spelled, how they're spelled. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I have some, hopefully some podcast news to share soon and, um, definitely have a couple of pieces that I'll, I'm writing that'll be out soon. So that's, what's going on with that. Can't wait to hear what's coming on the pipeline with you. Big fan, big fan of the nod. Thank if you. you. Guys check it out i mean there's a backlog of a whole bunch of episodes that you can enjoy and they're great so all right girl thank you so much and you have a great evening thank you so much care for having me you have a good night too bye bye